0: Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. Hi everyone, this is Melanie, guest hosting today. It's inauguration day for the 103rd General Assembly. I have Bryce Hill, Director of Fiscal and Economic Research for the Illinois Policy Institute here today to talk through what taxpayers need from the new cast of lawmakers taking over Springfield. Bryce, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, it's not easy to be an Illinois. uh given everything that taxpayers face here. Where should this new group of lawmakers prioritize as they kick off the next legislative session?
1: I mean, I think guiding principles for this General Assembly uh should really be something we talk about a lot here, which are empowering Illinoisans. Um so, you know, I think we kind of put that into three big buckets here. Um, So the first being uh, no new taxes, no tax hikes, extremely important for stability within the state. Uh, The second going to be along similar lines, property tax relief, which is the highest tax burden that uh, Illinoisans pay, the currently second highest in the nation. Uh, And then third is going to be support for small businesses uh, who have been the most resilient job creators really over the past decade, but particularly over the past couple of years. Uh, So I think those are like three key areas where I would like to see lawmakers focus and, you know, we can do a deep dive into what each of those actually look like.
0: Perfect. Let's kick it off with the first one that you mentioned. Um, No tax hikes. Is that even possible here?
1: It's possible. Yes. Uh, I think it takes the political will to do so. And right now, top of everybody's mind, we spent a lot of time talking about it. Illinoisans have heard about it and recently seen it is the automatic gas tax increase. Uh, You know, this was a talking point during the campaign because Governor Pritzker delayed the 2022 automatic increase in the gas tax. Uh, It just took place on the first and the gas tax rose to uh, 42.3 cents per gallon. Um, Gas taxes are second highest in the nation in Illinois, behind only California, In 2019, Governor Pritzker doubled the gas tax, the state motor fuels tax specifically, um, to be second highest in the nation, and then enacted automatic annual increases uh, that are tied to inflation. So in this most recent year, obviously, inflation hit record highs for the past 40 years, and the the tax increase came in at 8.2% for the year, obviously extremely unpopular during a political campaign campaign. That uh, the governor was running, so that conveniently got delayed until just after the election. Um, but you know the the reason why it got delayed and the unpopularity of it really speaks to why we shouldn't be you know allowing automatic increases in taxes to begin with, because it was passed through and seen as you know a reasonable measure. But inflation is unpredictable, and lawmakers should be accountable to their constituents. Automatic tax increases remove pretty much both of those things uh you know we're not we're not accountable uh to to constituents if we don't actually have to vote on anything taxes just keep going up uh and there's no actual stability by pegging something to inflation because in the short term especially we don't know what it's going to be uh so I think that's you know the most immediate thing Illinoisans would probably like to see um but in the longer term you know a truly balanced budget Currently, we have a balanced budget requirement in Illinois, but it only requires balance on a prospective basis, meaning uh, lawmakers can say, you know, this is what we expect revenues to be. No rhyme or reason why we expect them to be this way, but here's what we expect. Here's what we plan on spending. The numbers are in line. We're good to go. But uh, unfortunately, that's rarely the case. Uh, Pew Charitable Trust just released a report. Uh, this week showing that Illinois is one of two states where uh, revenues fall short of expenditures by more than 5% for the past 15 years. Uh, so it's consistently revenues and expenditures don't meet. That's part of the reason why we have this continuing uh, increase in our tax burden. And Illinoisans pay you know, one of the highest tax burdens in the Midwest. For the middle class specifically, they pay among the highest in the nation. Uh, so so this is really where we should start Uh to, to address these problems.
0: The next one you mentioned is also related to taxes and one that we've seen lawmakers campaign upon before, this idea of property tax uh relief, making it easier to afford to buy homes and to live here. But we haven't really seen it executed. So, what could lawmakers in this session do differently um, than some of these promises that have been made before?
1: Yeah, this is another example of where it was another campaign issue. Um, we saw a an income tax credit, the property tax credit on your income taxes. Uh, Governor Pritzker decided to pass a, a second tax credit, meaning uh, most households got rebates that were up to worth up to $300 for for their property taxes. Um, but an actual way to provide property tax relief if we wanted to exist, we currently have PTEL, the Property Tax Extension Limitation Law, which in most places limits the growth in property taxes to five percent or inflation, whichever is less. We could very simply say, rather than using that mechanism of five percent or inflation, we could just say zero percent. Let's not grow it at all. So we could temporarily put the limiting rate at zero percent, enact essentially statewide property a statewide property tax freeze, and put the brakes on. You know what is the second highest property tax burden in the nation the largest tax bill that Illinoisans pay. Uh, We could do that essentially overnight with with some action in the legislature. The mechanisms exist. Most politicians and Illinoisans say that they're extremely concerned about it. Uh, If we wanted to do that, we could.
0: What does that look like?
1: Uh, It looks like, you know, the the legal mechanism is just legislation that says, you know, from X to Y, we put it at zero percent. If localities needed to an increase in revenue if they if they had you know certain expenses coming up they could go to taxpayers and ask for a referendum under the current structure of Ptel to pass a tax increase with voter approval uh, so it wouldn't actually hamstring governments from gaining access to more revenue it would simply just require that their constituents approve it uh, and I think it would be you know a much more realistic and effective way. To, to give some temporary uh, property tax relief while we start to rein in other areas of that have been the driver of increasing property taxes in the first place.
0: It would empower taxpayers to be part of the conversation, but you are leading into the next aspect of property tax relief, I believe.
1: Which yeah, is- the bottom line, tax relief across the board, particularly for property taxes, is going to hinge on uh, pension reform, constitutional pension reform. Um, it's the largest driver of uh, the deterioration in state finances. Uh, the statewide systems, according to the state's own estimates, uh, grew unfunded liabilities grew by $10 billion last year uh, to nearly the highest uh, level ever seen. $140 billion in unfunded liabilities, that's future tax dollars that we know we're going to need to pay absent reform. Uh, so letting the people decide, you know, hey, we can open up the constitution and change these things. We don't necessarily have to have what the exact proposal is. That can be figured out in the state legislature, but at least giving uh the ability for changes in future liabilities uh would be huge for reducing that that tax burden. Uh, a previous plan that the Illinois Policy Institute put forth uh would have, you know, fully funded pensions uh and reduced property t- or reduced uh, the unfunded liability, I should say. Uh, by nearly fifty billion dollars through the lifetime of the plan, which is currently through twenty forty five, uh, would have provided a sustainable path for you know a reduced state tax burden, but also a reduced local and property tax burden. Uh, so this this is where we should start. And if we are getting serious about tax relief in the state of Illinois, whether it's the state or local level, that's the most important factor right now.
0: Thanks, Bryce. I think a lot of listeners i have heard us talk about how important pension reform is, and that was a great summary. I'm really excited and intrigued about your third recommendation for lawmakers because I think it's very original and something that um, may surprise people about Illinois.
1: Yeah, so support for small businesses, you know, I kind of touched on, and on this podcast in the past, I've talked about the importance of small businesses for the Illinois community and the Illinois economy. Um, small businesses are the only businesses over the past two years uh, to actually grow employment. Um, other classes of businesses, businesses with more than 20 employees, have actually, uh, you know, the payrolls remain smaller than they were before the pandemic. Two thirds of pre pandemic jobs growth came from small businesses as well. Uh, so it's extremely important to support, you know, our main job creators. Uh, but in Illinois, we don't exactly do that. We have one of the strictest and most cumbersome regulatory environments in the nation. So, on top of the tax burden that we've we've been talking about that businesses also face, um, Illinois has more than two hundred seventy thousand regulations in state statute. That's double what the typical state has, third most in the nation behind Ohio and California. Uh, so, really, you know, in addition to to a painful tax burden, we have an incredibly compact complex regulatory code that that entrepreneurs and businesses also have to you know hurdle through to to open up their doors in this state. It's one of the main reasons why we have an extremely high level of business applications, people who are looking to start a business, uh, but we actually have one of the lowest business opening rates in terms of applications that actually make it all the way through the process and result in a business opening their doors or employing people. And the strict regulatory code is likely one of the main reasons for that so to to kind of address that problem uh you know we are going to propose uh, a commission that identifies regulations you know old regulations that were enacted um a sunset commission for you know here are places that are rife for uh improvement based on old regulations and new regulations that are passed should have some sort of sunset where we go back and review and see are we accomplishing the goals? Are they necessary or are we just hamstringing our economy even more?
0: The thought is that by reducing these regulations, we can make it easier to have a business here in Illinois.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, regulatory burdens have been shown to make it incredibly difficult for entrepreneurs who are wanting to start a business to actually start their businesses. Uh, The thought here being anywhere where we can identify And in a state where we have among the most regulations in the nation, there should be plenty of them, uh, places where regulation is either unnecessary or not actually uh, accomplishing the intended purposes, we should be able to pare that down and make it simpler for businesses who want to open. Um, Along similar lines, another place we could go to is uh, universal licensing recognition. So, you know, if you're qualified, deemed qualified to cut hair in, in Michigan or run a catering business in Indiana, you should be deemed qualified in Illinois as well. Uh, You know, we shouldn't be discouraging entrepreneurs, people looking to move to Illinois from doing so solely because, you know, we want them to put in even more hours of education or certification when uh, they're up to date and and approved in another state. We should make it easy for these people to come here to our state as well and operate here.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for that rundown, Bryce. That was Um, a really exciting look. I'm intrigued to see what the next two years hold for this General Assembly, but um, these are ideas that could empower taxpayers and hopefully help turn around our state. I just want to add, if any listeners are hearing this um, and you're excited about some of these ideas, you can go to illinoispolicy.org, visit our Take Action page, contact your local representatives, send them a call or a email through our portal and um, tell them that you want them to support pension reform, uh, reducing regulations on businesses or freezing property taxes. Let's get this uh, let's get the state on a better path. So thank you Bryce.
1: Absolutely thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode to keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute. And to sign up for our newsletter, visit illinoispolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.